Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of The Color Authority. Today, I'm going to be talking to Peggy Van Allen, who is a designer and a color anthropologist with a background in graphic design and experience in trend research, visual merchandising, and palette development. Her unique skill set allows her to visually communicate the complexities of color in a way that is both inspirational and educational. Peggy has a firm understanding that trend forecasting is integral to the success of design and color palette development. Peggy has been an active member of color marketing group CMG for over 20 years. She served on numerous committees, facilitated workshops, and served two terms on the board of directors. Following now by two years as vice president of color forecasting, she has been appointed as CMG's president. As a color anthropologist, Peggy studies human behavior in order to understand the why, what, and when of a target consumer's color preferences. Welcome to the Color Authority and welcome Peggy Van Allen. I'm super happy to talk to you. How are you today? I'm great. It's great talking with you. Peggy, you are a color anthropologist. Can you explain what that entails and what does a typical day for you look like? Well, um, there really is no typical day. I guess um, that's one of the great things about having my own business is I can choose what I do each day and when I do it. I have different hats that I have to wear for my business and basically wearing all the hats. But when I'm wearing the color anthropology hat, I'm basically researching online or someday when I can get out of the office and research out in the world. That will be even better. Um, so I'm looking for um, consumer behaviors and looking at pop culture, all the information that's really flooding us right now. I think we're kind of oversaturated with information and maybe even a little bit overwhelmed by it. I think the training that I have I have had over the years, whether it was on the job or through CMG or things that I've taught myself through reading, it's it's so how do we how do we benchmark where we are currently in as a society and then using that information to project further out where we're going to be going, what thoughts and themes and ideas are popping up into the world and what resonates, what's new, what's important. Once something kind of sticks in my head and I start thinking about it more, then my my eyes and my ears are going to stay more attuned to that. And then I'll start seeing more of it. If it is something that is truly important, I think the biggest challenge is sort of tuning out all the noise of those passing things that aren't so important or what I would call media obsessions, things that they are sensationalizing and and trying to make them seem important, but they're really not important or relevant long-term. So that's sort of the the key sort of discipline, I guess, that I have to do. I think that's very key what you just said. So that filtering, because there's a lot of information out there, whether it is indeed on social media, but also generally on the news. How would you, as for example, for people that are listening that want to maybe one day indeed enter the field of color anthropology and also trend watching, how would you suggest that they filter out all that noise and direct themselves into, let's say, a possible scenario for any future trends? Well, I guess getting um, a broad range of, of sources of information is good. Um, I think that'll that'll help you to see whether you're getting all 
sort of perspectives on on something. And then uh, I guess being patient too, and and really waiting to see how things progress over a certain amount of time before you can decide whether it is something that is going to have a long-term impact. You study visual communication. So something that is um, not that indifferent to color trend forecasting, but definitely it talks about color. In the first couple of years in your career, you worked indeed as a graphic designer. Then you entered the world of, of Sharon Williams, where you apparently also gained a lot of expertise in also the home interior industry. Can you talk a little bit about your experience at Sharon? Sure. I worked as a color marketing manager in the consumer brand division. I worked on all things that were color related with the marketing of the various brands that we sold in Sherwin-Williams, but not in the stores, but all of the brands that we sold outside the Sherwin-Williams stores. So developing color for the in-store merchandising, like the color cards, the color systems, the racks that you see in the store. I gained a lot of experience working with our vendors um, and they brought a lot of their own research um, and people that like designed the color racks. Also working with various channels where we sold the, the paints, whether it was a big box store or maybe an independent retailer, different target markets. So it was important and, and very helpful to me to work with those different um, different channels to gain a lot of insights onto those um, types of consumers. When we create a color system, I, our ultimate goal is to make the color selection process easier for the consumer. So I think working on the um, color forecasts also for the brands. I think in my later years, I spent more time working on educationally focused pieces as well. And education is always an underlying component of marketing color. So how are you now involved with education? Because you are indeed working, obviously, also in color marketing group. I'm not sure if we can call that word because we obviously volunteer with pre-president <laughs> of color marketing group. I'd say that's almost a full-time job. Having been through that, you indeed following, following my steps to color marketing group, how important is communication and indeed education within, yes, also Sharon Williams, but also now, how do you apply that within color marketing group, for example? In my mind, I am always wanting to share everything that I know and that I learn about color. I think people have a great curiosity about color. So I'm always looking for opportunities to post anything that I find online through social media or wherever, um, just to share that knowledge. I think as most members of Color Marketing Group know, we see the, the true benefits of color. And so we want other people to see that and we share as much as we can so that we can sort of grow that knowledge. Did that answer the question? Yes, that answered the question, yeah. <laughs> You've been working for Shurin for a couple of years, and then now you are independent. That's already nine years ago. What did you feel was missing, or why did you choose to go independent after working in, in this big, let's say, also fascinating corporate world? I think one part of the decision that I that I made when I wanted to, when I decided to go independent after working so long in a corporate environment was having the ability to branch out away from just the paint industry and home industry, not being so limited to architectural coatings. I think even though that is my first love, because you can't get much more impactful with color in a home than putting color on the walls, but really color is everywhere. And on all of those colors, whether it's in the home or outside the home, they all need to work together and they all need to create a pleasing environment for us. So having the knowledge of how that color works, how to use it, how to research the trends in the various industries, these all enable me, I think, to grow a little bit and to be able to expand on my knowledge. Even within the home industry, currently, I, I, I look at all of, a few of my clients are in different areas of building products or whether it's grout, 
tile for, for tiles or roofing materials or other building uh, materials, being able to, to forecast color in those different products is interesting to me. And I want to expand even more into other industries and not just not just home industries to look at other industries as well. So you study human behavior, as you said earlier, and you translate that into colors that consumers and in the end, people like you and I would prefer in the next period of time. So you said you would do a lot of online research, but as soon as you're out and about again, so as soon as this pandemic is gone, where would you go to look for this, let's say, signals for future trends and future colors? What is your methodology? Yes, can't wait to go anywhere (laughs) at this point. You know, trade shows are, are, are one source of information, not my favorite thing to do, but I do know that that is just a good way to get a concentrated amount of information. Different types of trade shows, I'd like to go, to go further than just the U.S., where I've kind of been restricted to, but that's one way. But really, just any kind of traveling that you do exposes your mind to to new things and it just opens a door. Like when you're out in a different, it doesn't even really matter where it is. If it's somewhere new, you just are going to start seeing and thinking in a different way. So really, I don't, you know, anywhere I go, I think will be will be helpful. What are the uh, fairs and the exhibitions that you would visit in North America, for example, to get inspiration? Um, well, locally, there's the Home and Houseware Show um, here in Chicago that I go to, a display show um, that I go to. So those are a couple local ones. KBiz is one that I've gone to. To surfaces as well. I, I need to get out more. I need to do more. I need to hit more of those trade shows. It's it's sometimes hard to work those in. Neocon is one of the Neocon every year. Yeah. Yeah, that's another big local one. So that's a new con, if I understood correctly, because, you know, being based in Milan and Europe, I've never got to visit NeonCon. So that is very, indeed, office, uh, but also home-oriented, right? But it's more the work floor. Do you, is mm-hmm. that an interest of you as well, to see how this new world is now changing and how we live? I mean, we are working from home. At least, let's say, a very high percent of the world is now working at home. Do you see some changes happening in this market right now? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how things go back, you know, whether we will go back to, I don't think we will ever go back to the way it was before. But when I go to Neocon, you know, it is all, it's focused on contract. But even over the past few years, we've, you know, we've seen the trend of, of that home and, and contract world or office world merging, homes looking, you know, offices looking more like home. So a lot of those trends would would cross over back and forth, I think, when it when it applies to that, to that environment. So Peggy, you've been a philanthropist since a very young age, and now you are are indeed president color marketing group what makes you so passionate about volunteering and why for example did you join cmg and then also got elected indeed for the ec a couple of years ago can you a little bit explain about that passion of yours and also your experience at cmg sure um i was raised in a family where my parents especially my mom was always involved and stepping up to help out um, whether it's with neighbors or friends church she's a scout leader but if someone was looking for help they took it on. I think if you have something to offer, you should do it. And you shouldn't wait to be to be asked or to think that maybe you don't have the exactly what is needed. It's it's everybody does a little bit and then it all comes together. I'm really passionate about color. So in CMG, being surrounded by people who are equally equally passionate and speak that same color language. We want everyone to love and understand color as much as we do, as I mentioned earlier, because we we see the benefits so clearly for for what color can do for us. I've learned a lot from my experience and being more involved, the more involved I am with CMG, the more I get back. So maybe it is a little bit self-serving, not so altruistic. 
but being a not-for-profit, there's an openness and sort of an entrepreneurial feeling within the organization. When someone sees an opportunity to do something better or something new, we encourage everyone to explore it and develop it. Just run away with it. I think there's a lot of room for personal growth in doing that, whether it's facilitating workshop or giving a presentation or just, just volunteering within a workshop and sharing there. We all come at it from different perspectives. We have different levels of knowledge and experience. And I think that diversity is what keeps it all really interesting. Just for example, during the crisis of the pandemic, we were all, you know, pretty, pretty shaken up and just, it's, it was just a bit of a chaos. What are we going to do? And maybe even a little bit of desperation. How do we keep things going? It, it opened things up. It freed us to try things that maybe we would not have dared to try before. And some of those things really took off and sparked even more creativity. And I think that is really an exciting thing to see. And I hope that as people get more involved in CMG, that more people will will step in and volunteer and, and, and they will see as soon as they do, you know, once, once you get involved, I, I mean, I think the first thing I did was to um, volunteer to facilitate a workshop. And then from there, I could see how, how, you know, how much more I got out of that workshop by, by being a facilitator, moving on to steering, steering the results of workshops. And then from there, you know, how getting on a committee so that you can be a part of, of building the workshop and, and improving the workshop from there, stepping up to be on the board and then finding out all the other inner workings that go on behind the scenes of Color Marketing Group. And, but also being able to have a voice in how CMG moves forward. And then from there, executive committee, even more levels of, of input and being able to, you know, have a little bit of a, a say in, in where the organization is going. So it, it really does start small, but you, you know, the more you, the more you do, the more you see how much, how much benefit it comes back to you. Yeah. You clearly are very passionate about color marketing group as indeed most of the people that we know in our network very much are. And then you have uh, become indeed president in the very year that COVID-19 started. So in that sense, (laughs) you were absolutely not lucky, but you have driven (laughs) the organization to the next step. The next step that maybe we had a little bit been discussing about doing certain things virtual, but then we always said that CMG, no, you cannot do color virtual. And then COVID hit and then we did it and you did it. You as a president, you guided us towards this new world to which CMG is now opening up. How how was that experience for you last year, but also this year? And how do you see CMG now moving forward? Well, it um it takes it takes the whole group. You know, I, I even though I'm in that this position as president, I work with our executive director, Sharon Griffiths, as you know, and she is truly the the guiding force behind all of this. And she is the enabler of all of us to be able to make it happen, I guess. And the whole virtual thing, I think we all have experienced the, the massive leaps and bounds that we've gone from working remotely to now that just being a regular part of our lives, even video conferencing. I know when I, um, when I was working for Sherwin-Williams and years ago, I started telecommuting so I wasn't working at the headquarters. I was working from my home and telecommuting. And that was not, just wasn't done. And no one, no one, even when it became a technological possibility for people to video conference, people didn't want to do it. They just didn't. They didn't like it. They didn't, didn't think it would work. And, and now I think that it's just a, it's, it's a part of our daily lives. And, and even when we don't have to teleconference, when we don't have to video conference, we choose to rather than just to do a phone call. But you're right. Like when it came to doing the workshops, that was something that was like, we, we, no, we can't do it. It's impossible. You can't do that without being able to physically look at the colors. But 
But we found that the conversations were were the most important part of it. Yes, color, looking at the color and having, you know, precision when it came to looking at the colors was important. But those conversations around the color were were really what were people were coming to the workshops for. And as we move forward and we do want to get back together, we do want to have in-person workshops and a summit. There's no substitute for the for the value there, but we do know that there are people that that just can't. They can't travel for whatever reason, or you know, maybe they're in another country and they still can we can still connect. I mean, that that was the beauty too, is is it really made our world feel a little bit smaller when we could communicate with people in other countries and reach people that we hadn't been able to reach before and they would want to get more involved as well. So it seems that actually Color Marketing Group had the chance uh, to connect with even more members globally throughout the pandemic, where before maybe not everybody indeed, as you said, could travel to the conferences or to the chromosomes. And now they can just, you know, dial in from their homes and talk with other color experts, no matter where they are in the world. Absolutely. And I think, and I think they see uh, as people are doing that, I think they're finding sometimes you have to experience it to really understand what it's all about. It's hard to explain what color marketing group is to someone who is unfamiliar with it until you actually experience that interaction that you get with all of the people in in workshop, you really don't understand the value, I think. So just having that opportunity for people to do that, I think will will grow our membership because they once they experience it, I, I think that they will come back for more. Yeah. I think especially right now that people are indeed in their homes, they're not even seeing their own coworkers. They're not seeing their own team. And that that's then for people that are working in teams or maybe in corporates, Color Marketing Group fits very well that concept of, let's say, also WeWork. You know, you're going to be working with other professionals from different industries all around the globe. And it is a little bit also mirroring, right, about what your thoughts are, where you think colors are moving or where certain trends are moving. And it is the, for me at least, it's been the get-go place to get my confirmation that I am indeed on the right track. Right. And I think, you know, whether you are, you know, a solo business person or you work within a company and if your role is, you know, in any way related to color, I'm sure having worked in the corporate environment and even though I had a group of, you know, because it was a paint company, there were a, a there was a group of people who who were just focused on color in many companies. That's a very small part of, you know, maybe what they do for the rest of their job. But to be able to talk with other people who are who are doing the same thing as you are, that's something that you you can't really get anywhere else. I completely agree with that. I remember my very first meeting when I was in Berlin, 2007, European conference. I came home. People spoke my language. You know, we talked mm-hmm. in the same way. And um, ever since, you know, it's 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 just been great. It's been great working with you. And indeed, as you said, with Sharon Griffiths. And it is teamwork in the end, yes. So I'm excited for Color Marketing Group having decided to go for the hybrid version, you know, doing, again, mm-hmm. when we can in person and then again, indeed, keeping it digital for those who indeed cannot always travel and always connect indeed. What are the next projects that uh, you personally are also working about? So what is a project that makes you super passionate right now or a project that you can't wait to start with maybe uh, in the next couple of months? Well, right now I'm working on trend video actually for a paint company in another country, which is fun. And it's stretching me a little bit to look outside of my local North America world. I'm hoping to, as I mentioned before, um, look into other industries it's a bit scary getting getting out of my comfort zone, but um, that's where the growth happens. So the more I can do that, the better. Um, 
I'm, I'm thinking about putting together a trend forecast, one that is something that I can perhaps sell. Usually when I've done any trend forecasting for my business, it's it's part of a project. It's part of a, uh, whether it's a new palette or a new color system, I present, you know, I, I give the background, I give the why for why I'm presenting those colors. But I, I, I think I want to create a color forecast similar to what we do in Color Marketing Group, which is a little bit broader and that can then be applied to um, to different markets and industries. You just previously said an interesting thing that you normally have your North American trend hat on or how North American colors apparently are, are different than maybe uh, other countries or other regions. How do you see the Northern American view, for example, and how is that different from, from other regions? Um, now, you know, you have this global perspective. So how do you see that as different? Well, we see, you know, when we do our, the color marketing group, we do the four regions and in the past years, we've seen so much crossover between um, the regions that, you know, we, we create these stories when we're doing our trend forecasts and so many of the stories are similar. And so I think the differences are pretty nuanced, I guess. I know the North American market pretty Pretty well. And so if I'm looking at another region, I do have to find out a little bit more about that culture and, and what, what differences there are. I mean, there's when it comes to forecasting, there's so much involved. I mean, there's the psychology of color, which there's general statements that can be made about color families when it comes to how they affect us. And then that varies by culture, but it's also very personal. Color is very personal. It's not every individual has their own history when it comes to memories that they might have with things that they relate to colors. So there, you know, there's just so many, so many pieces and parts to it that it's hard to, I kind of really went off track of your question here, but <laughs> you know, yes, there are differences between the regions and, and North America does have a, maybe have a certain slant, but I don't think those differences are as definable as, as maybe we might have put them in the past. I think there's a lot more similarity than there are differences. Yeah, I tend to see that as well. But indeed, with globalization, of course, the internet, information being available mm -hmm. across so many different sources, people can tap into, obviously, those same resources. The thing is, it's also, of course, how you're going to communicate about that. And that is one of the things that you help your clients with a lot. If I haven't misunderstood, you try to, to help them to communicate color throughout your color expertise, your color knowledge, and also, of course, your expertise as a color forecaster. But color is a complex topic, uh, as we all know. But So how do you precisely work with your clients to indeed communicate color for their products? Or maybe even digitally. Well, first, when I'm working with a client, is I, I you know, I want to know how much how much knowledge they have when it comes to color, and then how much they want to learn about it. And then, as I'm working on whether it's a new color line or a system, or if it's just an update to a line of products that they might have, I have to I have to explain to them the why behind the work because I can't just hand them a palette of colors and say, "Here, here you go." <laughs> I don't I don't know anybody that would just take that and be like, "Oh, okay." Um, certainly, if they trust me, they you know there there will be some of that. But they they want to know and they need to understand why I chose the colors. Even when they when it comes to the launch of their of their of whatever their new product line might be, I think it has to be marketed in a way um, that people that their consumer understands why they're why they're bringing these new colors in, and it has to relate to their brand. And um, so, I what I try to do is provide that background research that I did, and then I present it to them in a way that that tells the story so that they can use that even even their marketing people could use that if they so choose but it, it certainly depends on on who the client is if it's a big corporation and they have their own agency and you know then they probably will not need as much of that as maybe a smaller company that is that does look to me to provide a little bit more of that and then 
they can then choose what they want to use um, for their own marketing when it comes to that, to the new colors. So one part of, uh, obviously, of color communication is color accuracy. How would you uh, work in this digital world in making sure that you're both talking about the same color and that what they're possibly seeing on the screen, so one of your customers sees the colors that you have created for, for him or her on screen, how do you make sure that you communicate that? So how do you work in color accuracy in this digital time? It does depend on the client. You know, it's helpful if they have the same system that I'm working with. Like if it is a paint company and we're all looking at the same color systems, that's easier if we can use a you know another system that's not a paint system but like an NCS or a Pantone, then they actually can be looking at the same colors physically at the same time I am as we're talking through it. That's not always possible, but that you know that's that's one way. Another way is just to be able to communicate that why again behind the color. And if I'm you know showing them perhaps three different blues, if I can then discuss those three blues and what the differences are in those three blues in a, in the language that they can understand, you know, that it's more, that it's more saturated or chromatic, that it is lighter, darker, that it's uh, bluer, greener, the more I can communicate with them and make sure they're understanding what I'm saying, the better. But I do also then always follow up with physical samples, you know, once it's presented, then they actually get physical samples as well, so that there's no chance for misunderstanding. Yeah, And I think that's, that's where the risk sometimes is the misunderstanding with obviously different screens being calibrated differently. But indeed, is right that if you have a color standard, or you have a physical sample, that's always important to get to, um, to your customer and wherever they are obviously based in the world, because otherwise, that does get very complicated. Yeah, you can talk you can talk all you want when it comes to color and but when it comes to really replicating the color you have to have a standard to follow and i think that's that's key so you are restructuring a little bit your company color fuel anything that you already like to share as i'm sure everybody's super anxious to to know what it is that you're going to be doing really kind of a rebrand basically feeling the need to clarify the message of what i can do i will admit that i'm not the most businessy person <laughs> i don't like to do all the businessy kind of stuff but the more I'm learning about or understanding how to build a brand a little bit better, that which is really what marketing is right now. I, I, you know, I'd rather play with color all day, but if I'm not communicating to people what I can do, then I'm doing something wrong. I want, I want potential clients to be able to go to my website and see within the first two minutes of looking through it that what I can do for them when it comes to color. So that's my goal. I'm working on a new website design and logo. What I really want people to understand, my message is that color feeds the soul. It connects us and is magical. Once understood, color becomes your most powerful tool or fuel. It's totally what we what we also have, have marketed, whether it is indeed in our own companies, in our own lives, it is indeed color is magical. It is in the end emotions. And for sure, for people like you and myself, it is what brings us forward and it's makes us come out of bed every morning, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so hopefully Every you're going to also... Yeah, I hope you're also going to have a little bit more time to dedicate into um, to your company to Color Fuel. Um, you've been super super busy as president of Color Marketing Group, so hopefully that's also going to give you a little bit of time, you know, to uh, to get through with that rebranding and your website, of course, because Chroma Zone season has started at Color Marketing Group again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it, it's 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 one thing after the next. Uh, this is the big big time though for our forecasting and 
but it all, it all comes together. I mean, everything that I do, I, for everything I do for color marketing group, it, it helps me too. Uh, it helps to solidify my, my purpose and expand my thinking and the connections that I have and the networking that I do while I'm doing that job. It, it's, it's beneficial to me as well. Well, Peggy, I really want to thank you for joining me on this podcast of the color authority. I really enjoyed our conversation. I hope you did too. And then I look forward to talk to you again in the very near future. Thanks so much, Judith. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. 